All right, hour number three. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. Pete Callender here. China, uh, the uh, the Winnie the Pooh surveillance state over there, mm, not looking so good. Not look- Oh, don't get me wrong. I mean, always bet on the poo. Um, words I live by. Um, yeah, I gotta, I gotta believe that the 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 authoritarian commie government is uh, is going to squash the protests. I don't see how it doesn't happen, uh, considering how far along they have gotten uh, with their surveillance state projects, and of course, never forget with you know the solid assists that they get from the tech companies: YouTube, Google, Facebook, Twitter. Right. Although I don't know, do they get? Are they going to get the assist this time around? For I do know that Twitter is getting a lot of spam, a lot of porn spam, a lot of escort spam on the hashtags of the Chinese cities and the Chinese protests. Because like it is widespread now, it's amazing. I saw. Hang on a second. Let me jump over here. There is a uh, here it is. Scott Lincecum, Cato Institute guy. He's a Duke professor, and um, he's got a. a yeah, he. Okay, so this is actually from the Financial Times. Just over a month ago, before Winnie the Pooh was crowned party leader for an unprecedented third term, a banner of anti government slogans hung from a bridge in Beijing. It was enough to cause a social media storm for the few hours it stayed up. Now, videos of popular discontent are everywhere and spreading faster than COVID. Sorry, no. Spreading faster than the censors can stop them. The, there, I actually saw, it's pretty interesting, how the protesters are beating some of these censorship tools. For example, they're shooting video of video. So rather than a straight, clean feed of the video being just immediately uploaded, which apparently the algorithms are able to read those, if you shoot a video... Of a video, in other words, like you have it playing on a screen or a phone and, and you take another phone and just record it, what you're looking at, then that helps to beat the sensors. The, the program doesn't know what it's looking at. It's weird, but it kind of makes sense. Um, their protest signs are blank pieces of paper. <laughs> They're just holding up blank sheets of paper. There's not even anything written on them. Um yeah, I mean, they got um, some of them have the umbrellas and the masks and stuff. Oh, I also saw China is building right now. There's a guy who's got a whole list, a, a whole uh, a thread on Twitter of all of these drone videos of all of the, the quarantine camps that China is building. The, the one that's getting ready to come online has 90,000 isolation pods. 90,000 isolation pods. And this is all part of their zero COVID approach. So back to the Financial Times. The protests have brought together a broad coalition of interests. Factory workers, shopkeepers, students, urban elites, all of whom have suffered under zero COVID in different ways, from losing wages to foregoing international business travel. Two years ago, during the spread of less contagious and more deadly strains of the virus, the zero COVID policy was successful in preserving the freedom of the majority of the cost or at the cost of the minority of lockdown cities such as Wuhan. But now the country is much more united in its suffering. China still has no easy exit. By the way, these are the people, this is the government that 
the Amer- that the Western leftists told us should be our model. Remember? At the beginning of the pandemic, they were like, oh, man, I tell you, that's China. The way that they are able to uh, exercise their authoritarian impulses. Man, that would make this pandemic stuff so much easier to deal with, right? I mean, could we start, you know, welding people into their apartments here? I mean, is there a way we could do that? China has the passports, too. They've got the vaccine passports. they got the social credit system, right? And it's all connected. And so they started flipping the switch on people's passports. Nope, now you're red. No green. Sorry, do not pass. Go. Go directly back to your uh, isolation pod. Sorry, four weeks of home quarantine for you. They were doing mass testing. This has been building for a while. I've been watching it, you know, seeing some of the videos come out um, over the last few months. Some of the, they were running uh, mass testing sites in the overnight hours. And I don't know if that was because the, uh, it was difficult to get everybody tested without going like 24-7 or if they were doing it to cover up or to, to make it harder for people to... Uh, to shoot video of it or something. I don't know, but three o'clock in the morning and you've got lines of hundreds of people just walking through to get tested. Just everybody's just constantly getting tested and then getting isolated. And you got businesses shut down, industry shut down, all this stuff. So uh, these are, this was the model, the zero COVID model that a lot of Western leftists were promoting, and some on the right, but mostly it was leftists. And you really got, I mean, this was the clarifying thing for me. Like I got, I said this before, I got the vaccine. I did not get the boosters. I got the vaccines, and the, the Pfizer shot, and or the two of them, and I'm opposed to the mandates. Again, this is about risk assessment. It always has been. What are your comorbidities? What does your doctor tell you is the best course to go? What are your concerns? What research have you done to you know convince yourself one way or the other? These are all personal health decisions. And holy Toledo, we got a real good look at the authoritarians in our midst. I've said it before. I shall say it again right now. We all like to think that we would be the family that hid Anne Frank and her family in the attic. But history shows most people are not, right? And we got a we got a real good look at that during COVID. China is uh, uh sorry, this back to the Financial Times. China still has no easy exit from the zero COVID policy. In Urumqi, I, I don't know how to pronounce it. Uh Arumkai. Oh, didn't they do that song, Send Me On My Way? Is that? No. Arumkai? Anyway, the local government there has made an unusual climb down, announcing it had achieved the zero COVID target and will be lifting the lockdown in stages, which is weird because if the target is zero COVID and you have zero COVID, then why would you have stages lockdown? No. The national government will not want to be seen to be making clear concessions lest people draw the conclusion that mass protests work. And Scott Lincecum points out that um, anybody born after 1989, that that post-89 generation of students, have never before seen this kind of government failure mixed with popular fury. Because what was in 89? 
Tiananmen Square. Right? Anybody that was born after that, I remember Tiananmen Square. I was in high school at the time. Videos of popular discontent are everywhere now. They're spreading faster than the censors can stop them. But never fear, never fear. Apple, Apple is doing a solid for the communist Chinese regime. Yeah. Leave it to Apple. <laughs> they, uh, I don't have an iPhone. Did y'all get, um, did y'all get a recent update? Did you get a recent update to Apple? Like within the last three, four weeks? Anti-government protests flared in several Chinese cities and on college campuses over the weekend, but the country's most widespread show of public dissent in decades will have to manage without a crucial communication tool because Apple restricted its use in China earlier this month. AirDrop. I don't know what AirDrop is. Apparently it is a file sharing feature on the iPhones and other Apple devices. And this is how the protesters have been evading censorship. I will tell you how in mere moments. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. So Apple did a big update to their devices and AirDrop. The file sharing feature on the iPhones and such. That was what the protesters have been using in various places because, as I understand it, uh, AirDrop relies on direct connections between phones. And so you can essentially form a network of devices that don't need the Internet to communicate. So you can, I can send you, you can send me, and it's just, right, phone to phone, and it's not going out over the interwebs. People can opt into receiving airdrops from anybody else with an iPhone nearby. So when you're out at a mass demonstration, everybody's in the area, shoot some video, everybody is sharing it with each other, and that video then can spread, and it can get out. Like a virus, if you will. Something that the Chinese government has no, no understanding, I'm sure. Okay. Uh, so, all of that changed, though. November 9th, Apple released a new version of its mobile operating system, iOS 16.1.1. This went out to customers worldwide. Rather than listing new features, as it usually does, the company simply said, quote, this update includes bug fixes and security updates and is recommended for all users. Hidden in the update was a small, teensy-weensy little change. It only applies to iPhones sold in mainland China. AirDrop can only be set to receive messages from everyone for 10 minutes before it automatically switches off. There's no longer a way to keep the everyone setting permanently on. At least if you're on an iPhone in China, mainland China. The change was first noticed by Chinese readers of 9 to 5 Mac, which uh, they say doesn't apply anywhere else, just in China. Apple did not respond to questions about the airdrop change. It plans to make this everyone for 10 minutes feature. They're going to make that a global standard, they say, next year, according to Bloomberg. Airdrops can indeed be a nuisance. 
If you opt into receiving files from everyone and you don't turn them off, you could find yourself on the receiving end of unwanted memes or worse. But why did Apple rush out the change unannounced in an unassuming update to iOS in early November and apply it only to Chinese iPhones? What's the deal with that? Well, one clue may lie in what happened just prior. That's when President Winnie the Pooh got anointed to a third term as China's leader. And there were rare displays of public dissent. Which is weird, because Winnie the Pooh is such a cute little teddy bear. I don't understand why anybody would dissent. Even as Apple has sought to reduce its reliance on Chinese manufacturing, its market share among Chinese consumers is growing. According to TechCrunch, I'm sorry, uh, no, I'm sorry, this is from Yahoo Finance. So who knows who wrote it? Uh, I thought it was Tech. Oh, no, that's the other article here. Sorry. So this is Yahoo Finance. Uh, Apple got 16% of smartphone shipments in China last quarter. 16%. That is up from 11% a year ago. So you got, they're growing. They have 5% increase, right? 5% increase in a year. Uh, That's pretty good. Now, the market leader is Vivo, a Chinese company. Uh, That's got a 20% uh, market share. That's the leader. Apple has repeat. So they're close. I mean, they're less than halfway there now, or a little bit more than halfway there. Uh, Apple has repeatedly helped China control dissent, mostly by removing apps that protesters have used to coordinate, communicate, or gather information. So Apple, well, kind of stinks. (laughs) I don't know any other way to say it. You guys are in bed with communists. You're actively helping commies put down democratic uprisings, popular uprisings of people yearning to breathe free. And this is this is how you behave. Because your market share is more important, I guess. I wonder what LeBron James thinks about all of that. Um what else? I saw, hang on, there was another. Hmm. Oh, YouTube. Right. YouTube has been has been uh, taking down videos and putting uh, uh, tags and warning labels and stuff in order to get them shuffled out of the algorithms. YouTube has been doing this with some of the video that's being shot in China of these mass demonstrations. And then there's the Great Wall of Porn. That's what they're calling it. I don't come up with these names. I'm not great at marketing. Search any major Chinese city on Twitter. Okay, I probably shouldn't have said that. Okay, hang on. Let's back up for a second. All right. Do you have any kids in the car? All right. Tell them not to listen to this part. Okay. If you search any major Chinese city on Twitter, you're going to see a cascade of spam tweets showing escort services, gambling content, and porn. And they're getting published every couple of seconds, makes it almost impossible to get any legitimate results. I wonder who could be doing it. It's probably the Russians. No, no, no. It's the white nationalists. There has been a significant uptick in these tweets over the last three days, according to a China-focused data analyst. 
The surge in such bot content coincides with an unprecedented wave of protests that have swept across major Chinese cities and universities over the weekend. Protests erupted last week at Apple's biggest iPhone factory in China as workers were roiled by delayed bonuses and concerns over COVID spread. Discussion of the new nationwide protest is strictly censored on Chinese social media, and protesters have turned to foreign platforms like Twitter and Telegram for communication. All major Western social networks are banned in China, and access requires the use of VPNs, which are also nearly extinct in local app stores. The bot content on Twitter, which is thought to be government-connected, <gasps> no, makes it even harder for Chinese citizens to organize demonstrations. As part of his massive layoff plan, Elon Musk, who I think really is the villain of this story, no? Yes, obviously so. Elon Musk firing a whole bunch of coders that were not necessary. He's the real villain of the story because he abruptly axed Twitter's anti-propaganda staff because that's what they were. Yeah, the anti-propaganda staff. Now, in 2019, Twitter took down around 1,000 accounts that it determined were part of a state-directed effort to undermine protests in Hong Kong. Twitter says it is aware of the spam issue and is working to resolve it. The Washington Post reported on Sunday um, uh, that Musk, uh, so should Musk be paying heed to the problem given the billionaire was clearly concerned about Twitter bots. Right. That's one of the things he talked about. There were so many bots. It was one of the reasons why he uh, originally said, whoa, 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 I don't want to buy this company now. There are so many bots. I don't even know how many people are real on this platform. Right. The world is still waiting to see how he plans to fix the issue after removing the key teams responsible for battling misinformation. Okay. Anti-propaganda doesn't necessarily equate to bots. My goodness. I get tons of bots coming at me all the time, too. They're, like, very interested in how my day is going. I don't know why, but I get all these bots, too. You can't tell me there's not a way to figure that out. That, that, that's, just, that's just an algorithm that just finds these things. Here's a good place to start the investigation. Alex Vindman. I'll tell you what I'm talking about in a minute. So do you remember who Alexander Vindman is? Remember this guy? He was the guy that recorded the conversation, was eavesdropping and listening in, whatever, and was the one that told the media about Donald Trump's chat with the Ukrainian president, right? That guy, Alexander Vindman. They went and testified, and, and then he made all of the talk show circuit rounds and stuff on all the cable news and whatever. That guy, Alexander Vindman. I'm not going to go and relitigate all that garbage. It's no need to. Here's the here's here's what happened though. Yesterday, Alexander S. Vindman has a Twitter account, and he's got one of them check marks too. He's got one of those fancy check marks that you have to pay Elon Musk eight dollars a month to get, and then you're allowed to edit your tweets. That's the deal. Because like for years, Twitter users have been like, "Please let us edit our tweets." Because, you know, people write a typo and they want to fix it real quick. And, all, and they obviously have the technology. It's in there because they just put it in there, but it's only if you pay for it. Fine, whatever. I'm not paying for it. But 
You had all these people that used the check marks as their um, as a credential on the platform. Look at me. I have a blue check mark, right? So then Elon Musk comes along and says, you know, I want to do $8 a month, and you get this special service, you can edit, whatever. And they're like, ah, I don't want to pay, whatever. So Alexander Vindman apparently is paying, even though he's attacking Elon Musk for what he's doing to destroy democracy on Twitter. Even though, I got to tell you, I would let you know if I noticed any difference in the way Twitter handles now. I, I detect no difference. I, and I'm a pretty frequent user, okay? Might, you might even say I have a bit of a problem. No, I'm kidding. Well, not really. Yeah, I mean, maybe I, maybe I abuse Twitter. Just I binge. It's like recreational only. It's like college. Anyway, to be clear, right? Alexander Vindman is paying. He does not like Elon Musk. Elon Musk takes over and says he's going to try to make it a the, the free speech platform for the globe. And he wants to, to weed out the bots, get rid of the bots. He's trying to figure this stuff out. Fired a whole bunch of Twitter coders and programmers saying these guys are not necessary, whatever. So this has caused a lot of angst among the blue checkmark crowd because they've been using Twitter to suppress speech with which they disagree, right? The gatekeeping function of Twitter among the journalism in crowd, that's the value. And Musk knows that. That's why when he takes these little shots at them, he's stirring the pot because he knows exactly who they are and what their purpose is. It's, it's to force him out and to turn Twitter back over to them so they can then censor people, a la Hunter Biden's laptop, a la the Wuhan lab leak theory, right? These are these are the ways that the tech company, or Apple and its suppress, uh, suppression, or YouTube and its suppression of what's going on in China. So Vinman tweets out yesterday, quote, kind of weird that Elon Musk gets to decide how like a half billion people communicate. Way too much power for one erratic individual to wield, don't you think? Now, first off, I was kind of surprised to hear this guy speak like this. It doesn't seem to be his speaking voice from what I remember, but then it kind of made sense when I saw some other tweets, like a lot of other tweets, that were identical. Yeah. Literally verbatim, that sentence, or those two sentences, were sent out by dozens of accounts, including Alexander Vindman's. What's up with that? Why, why are all of these blue check accounts saying the exact same thing about Elon Musk? Like there is this massive campaign on Twitter to bash Elon Musk over what he's doing at Twitter. And when I see dozens of these accounts with the blue check mark verifications, they're paying the eight bucks and you're you're copying and pasting. I assume you're even doing it manually, or maybe you've just farmed it out to some bot. I don't know. Have you turned over your account to somebody? Is there like a social media management company or a person that is just like blasting? And that they do exist, by the way. These things do exist. Media companies use them. You can. Uh, there's a what's it called? Social Flow is one of them, where you you it's a platform, and you can 
blast out, like if you write a blog post or have a news story, you can blast it out onto you know every different social media platform at the same time. You, you write one little thumbnail template, and brrr, it goes out across all things. Now, if you have multiple accounts with Twitter, you can do this as well. And I know this because media companies, like the radio station, sometimes they have the people like me, you know, the talent folks, they'll have us post, have access to post under the WBT name, for example. Um, and that has been, you know, just different companies do it differently. But there are a whole bunch of people that have access to this stuff and they're cross-posting things. And so is it possible that there is some sort of a journalist, if you will, but this would be like a Twitter list? Maybe somebody is sharing all of this. Either way, um, Elon Musk responded to this and he said that... uh, Alexander Vindman is either a puppet or a puppet master, but we don't know. And for that, he's been accused of, here it is, I'll pull it up. Vindman is both puppet and puppeteer. Question is, who pulls his strings? That's what Musk said about Vindman's tweet, because it was identical to these dozens of other accounts. So who's who's writing this? Who's pulling these strings? And for Elon Musk, he's he's talking about bots. He's talking about okay, somebody is obviously putting this information into this form and then blasting it out through all of these accounts. How is that happening? Both puppet and puppeteer. So obviously, he's an anti-Semite. <laughs> this is where they went with it. Tom Nichols, who there there are few people that I have been more disappointed in in my life than Tom Nichols. I mean, like, I can count on one hand with, like, two fingers. It's Tom Nichols used to be a guy that I would read, and I I interviewed him. I would interact with him on Twitter. Uh, Teaches at the Naval War College, wrote uh, uh, wrote a book about the death of expertise, and and he's just become Trump broke his brain. There's another one. Broke his brain. And now he draws a paycheck being, you know, anti-Trump while attacking anybody inside the Republican Party for not being sufficiently anti-Trump. So kind kind of doing a solid to the Trump crowd. Like, he is, he is vested in um, Trump winning. Because if Trump is shown the door in the primary, guys like Tom Nichols lose their paycheck. Because all he is there to do is to say, I'm a former Republican and I hate Trump and you should too. And all of the Republicans should be voted out of office. Vote Democrats straight down the ticket. That's what he says. He, along with Rick Wilson, the Lincoln Project guys, this is who he is. But this is, he says this is now anti-Semitism. They're saying this is anti-Semitism. Why? Because Vindman is Jewish? I didn't know. I don't know if he's Jewish or not. Elon Musk comment doesn't say anything about that. What would you lead you to believe that? Is it something about puppet, puppeteer pulling the strings? That makes it anti-Semitic? He's talking about bots. He's talking about the thing that he tweeted being identical to all of these other people's tweets. How do you read that and think, oh, he's talking about the Jews? Again, with the dog whistles, if you hear the whistle, you're the dog. 
News Talk 1110-993 WBT. I mentioned this earlier. Yeah, they're they're renaming monkeypox. They're calling it Mpox. Mpox. Which I thought was the name of that song by the Hansons or Hansen. Mpox. And uh, Scott's uh yeah, Scott says, uh, coming soon, Mump by Criss Cross. Criss Cross will make you mump. Mump. That's it. Why not? <laughs> there you go. Good job, Surly Scott on Twitter. Um, that's his name. I don't, that's his name. Um, let's see. Then I was talking about uh, Elon Musk, and about an hour ago, he has apparently weighed in on the Apple suppressing speech on their uh, or restricting the airdrop stuff. Oh, no, there's more. Oh, hang on a second. Apple disallowed almost anything related to COVID, especially vaccines or human origins of the virus. We had to build a list of over 20 terms to not show results for only on Apple devices. Apple also later rejected us because users included Pepe images in videos. You know what Pepe is, right? Pepe the Frog. Okay, so here we go. This is, what is this? LBRY. LBRY does to publishing what Bitcoin does to money. Okay, I don't even know what that means. So, uh, But Elon Musk at Apple has stopped advertising on Twitter. Do they hate free speech in America? No. I mean, to be fair, I think they hate free speech everywhere. Right. I mean, look at what they're doing in China. So um, this is when these guys responded. They said during COVID, Apple demanded our apps filter some search terms from being returned. And if we did not filter the terms, our apps would not be allowed in the store. Apple may make good products, but they have been opposed to free speech for some time. And that's when Elon Musk asks, well, what terms were were banned? And they said basically anything related to COVID especially in vaccines, human origins of the virus, a so lab leak theory, right? What we, it, I went over that in the second hour of the show today, right? Tony the Science Fauci was discussing the lab leak theory at the very beginning with all of these virologists along with the, the crooner Francis Collins. And, um, and then they were like, yeah, well, let's just not do anything with it. And then they just like went after and attacked Anybody who suggested it, it, it didn't come from the animals in the wet market. And that's when Elon Musk says secret suppression of free speech by Apple. Customers were never told what the hell is going on here. We all, we all know what's going on. We all know what's going on. This, there is, this is the resistance. La resistance, right? They've, they LARPed it for so long that they believe it. And they got into positions to act like the little tyrants they wanted to be. We got to uh, we got to start pronouncing turkey different. Sorry. Oh, hang on. Before I get to the turkey. I saw this JD Vance posted some graphic that was done based on a survey. Yeah, of 2000 uh, Great Britain adults and 1200 U.S. adults. And they asked them, which animals could you beat in a fight? 
Here's the question. Which of the following animals, if any, do you think you could beat in a fight if you were unarmed? And then they compare the Brits' re- uh, answer and the Americans' answers. All right? The number one animal that everybody is like, oh, well, like, like, okay, first off, Americans, we have a be- we have more confidence in our ability to beat up any animal than Brits do. Every single animal listed, Americans are like, oh, I could take it. Oh, yeah, I could take it. And the Brits are like, no, probably not. And so there's a, there's a difference here. But uh, the number one animal that everybody is kind of in agreement, about 70%, we could totally take out a rat. Okay, you've never been attacked by a rat. I was when I was a kid. That thing jumped at me. It latched onto my shoe. That thing was like the size of a, a well, very small, well, like drone. But whatever. It was big. To me, I was a kid. It looked very big to me as a kid. And um, it was eating apples off of the neighbor's uh, driveway. It's, uh, and it went running across the street. But this thing was so big. We got off the school bus. I didn't know what it was. Oh, look at that squirrel. It's eating these uh, uh, these these apples. And the next thing, it just starts running at me. And it jumps on me. And I, like, I picked up my foot, and it latched onto the sole of my shoe. And I flung it off. And it went into the road. And it, cars stopped. This thing was so big, cars stopped. And then it ran across the road. And then I saw it. Uh, uh, I saw it hiss down a uh, a cat, which, by the way, is number two on the list. Cat, house cats. About seventy percent of us think that we could take a cat if we could beat we could beat it in a fight unarmed. The biggest gap, though, between Americans' belief in our abilities versus the Brits' belief in their abilities, goose. Apparently, they're very afraid of geese. They like I can't take a goose, and Americans like oh yeah, totally. Next up, medium-sized dog, eagle, large dog, chimpanzee, king cobra, kangaroo, wolf, crocodile, gorilla, lion, elephant, and a grizzly bear. The amazing thing here, grizzly bear at the very bottom of this chart, there's about 5% of Americans who say they could beat a grizzly bear in a fight unarmed. They could take a grizzly. Who are these people? An elephant? How do you even get a punching on that thing? An elephant? You, you could beat an elephant. There's like 10% of Americans. Again, the Brits are like, no, they're like at zero. Like, nope, nope, nope. Which goes to show you, like, that's why we won the revolution, people. All the fighters came here. All right, I'll see you tomorrow. Don't break anything while I'm gone.